is again and it's cold i believe that the music i heard is a killer it's a killer of hope it's a killer of spirit and devo plays for muffy's party we bring you an act they'll just boggle your mind the mystic knights of the oingo boingo let's go hey everybody i'm joseph and i'm rob Welcome to the Cars edition of Deep Dives and Deep Cuts, the history of punk, post-punk, and new wave, 1976 to 1986. This is going to be an amazing playlist, as always. We've got the cars lined up for you, and we're just going to jump in and and, uh, play some music first off. So right now, we've got just what I needed. I don't mind you hanging out and talking. I'm awfully excited about this episode. I've been I've been waiting to talk about the cars for a while. I mean, yeah. we are we are officially in um, new wave country now. Um, I'm I'm just thrilled. So let's before we get into that, real quick, just a little bit of business. Um, you may or may not have noticed that the um, that last episode <laughs> was a little um, a little choppy because we went way over and I had to cut large chunks out, including the section where we talk about uh, each album and whether or not it should be in consideration for um, the best of 1978. Um, so my hope is if we get through the cars uh, catalog quick enough that we can just circle back and um, go over that for you know anyone playing along at home. So keep your eyes open at the end of the episode for that. Hopefully we'll be able to fit that in. <laughs> One other point yeah. of business is uh, we are about a third of the way through 1978. Yeah. And you know what that means? Tell me. Spring break. Oh yeah. Yeah, so we are going to take next month off. I mean, we're still gonna publish something. There's gonna be a bonus episode of some sort. Uh, It probably won't be the first Sunday of the month, it'll probably be closer to the middle of the month. So everybody heads up on that. And then the beginning of May, we'll jump back into our regular routine of a rundown episode and then a deep dive episode. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the cars. 
the the five most popular Spotify songs. Um, number one, Just What I Needed. Number two, Drive. Number three, My Best Friend's Girl. Number four, You Might Think. And number five, Good Times Roll. And I'll note that, that all five of those songs are off of two of their albums, their first yeah. one and then Heartbeat City. A um, little bit about the cars. The lineup, which has, which stayed remarkably consistent uh, throughout their career with a couple of notable little exceptions, which we'll talk about when we get to. Rick Okasik, from, who from here on out I'm going to refer to as Ricky O. That's right. On vocals and guitar. Ben Orr. Uh, vocals and bass, Elliot Easton on guitar, Greg Hawks on keyboard, and David Robinson on drums. I, I'd like, if I might take a second just to say, Absolutely. Uh, I wanted to have a chance to say that Elliot Easton is a damn fine guitar player. He really is. Are you familiar with his solo album? I'm, I'm not. I've never heard oh, yeah. it. I want to. I, I actually had it as a kid for some reason. And it's not really my kind of music. It's more like blues rock. But it's it's awfully good. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure why he didn't do songwriting with the cars. Mm -hmm. uh, because he's, you know, his, his stuff was pretty good. But. It should be noted that the Cars ranked as Rob's 10th all-time favorite new wave band and my 8th all-time favorite new wave band. We, of course, went over that in the uh, bonus episode of our favorite new wave bands back in season one. If you haven't got a chance to check that out, that's a good listen. Let's see, what else should we say about the cars before we jump into our rankings? Oh, the cars, they were no spring chickens when they started out. They, they, had, they had been working musicians since like 1965. Um, are you familiar, Rob, are you familiar with the, the backstory about Riccio and how the cars formed? No, I'm not. Okay, so I'll just uh, real briefly uh, Rick started out in bands in about 1965 and it's really fun. He, he was in a lot of different bands and he just sort of like collected band members as he went from band to band. So he was in a band called Milkwood, who actually released an album. I, I haven't gotten around to checking it out yet. With, um, he was in it with Ben Orr. Right. And it's supposed to be like a Crosby, Stills, and Nash type thing. So mm -hmm. that might be really fun to check out at some point. Yeah. And then that, they they released an album. It didn't go anywhere. They broke up, and then those two were in another band, and then they they hooked up. I think the next one was Elliot Easton, and then that band dissolved, and so they just kept on 
going from band to band, collecting band members until they finally landed on the cars. <laughs> and there were a Boston band, so they yeah. came up through the Boston scene. Yeah. Okay. You ready to talk rankings? Yeah, well, well yeah, sure. Let's do it. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, I tell you, I'll go, I'll, I'll go ahead and go first. Okay. You're going right. to start from the bottom? I'm going to oh, start from the bottom. I, I've got a couple of quick predictions. Okay. Uh, my predictions are our, our bottom album is going to be the same. Mm-hmm. And then our top two albums are going to be the same, although the positions might be switched. So th- those are my predictions. Pretty safe predi- okay. predictions, I'm thinking. Okay. All right. So I'll go ahead and start from the bottom. Number seven is 1981's Shake It Up. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So so that prediction goes right out the window. <laughs> okay. Continue, my friend. <laughs> sure. Uh, number six is 1987's Door to Door. Number five is 1980's Panorama. Number four is 1984's Heartbeat City. Number three is uh, 2011's Move Like This. Uh, number two, 1979's Candy O. And number one is 1978, their debut album, The Cars. Okay, we're going to have a lot to talk about. <laughs> so my number seven is Door to Door, and uh-huh. it blows my mind that there is a Cars album that you like less than door to door. Before you go on, I just want to tell you that it was tight mm. between those two. Number six is Heartbeat City, mm. and I'll get into that when we, when we get to it. Number five is Move Like This. Number four is Panorama. Number three is Shake It Up. Number two is the debut album, The Cars, and number one is Candio. Well, that part of your, your prediction came true. That's yeah. nice. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, one more thing before we jump into the first Cars album. Uh, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, the lyrics. Mm-hmm. So, so Ricky O, he is the primary songwriter and the lyricist. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I'm of mixed feelings about his lyrics. Uh, I, it makes me think of a scene in Spinal Tap. Of course, you're familiar with This Is sure. Spinal Tap. Sure. There's a scene where they're talking about why they're album cover is offensive as opposed to one of their rival artists, you know, musicians album cover. And one of the band members says something, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he says something like, it's such a fine line between brilliant and stupid. (laughs) And I'll tell you, Rico Kasich, he lives on that line between brilliant and stupid. (laughs) Because so, if you print out his lyrics and just read them, they can yeah. get really inane. I mean, when he talks about somebody's mouth being banana blue, you just go, whatever, Rick. <laughs> but 
the same time, he can turn a phrase. Well, in the, okay, so, so that's maybe the stupid part of his lyrics, but the brilliant part is that he pulls it off. Somehow they don't, they, they kind of evolve or elevate past, you know, how silly they look on paper when he does them. So his his execution just brings it to another level. And he really can turn a phrase. Nice. You ready to get down to business? Yeah, let's do it. The Cars. They release their debut album in 1978. It is the first album, new wave album, to really get big here in the United States. I think maybe in our last episode, I may have exaggerated a little bit how big it was in the sense because I went back and I looked at where it went on the charts and you know that nothing got too terribly high but you got to keep in mind this was like when the Bee Gees were dominating the charts so for a band like the Cars to suddenly pop up you know it was like disco 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 uh, all over the radio right. in those days. So for for this kind of music to pop up was really pretty eye-opening. Um, we have already heard Best Friends Girl. That was featured in the uh, favorite New Wave Bands episode. Uh, Bye Bye Love. And what was that third song? Moving in stereo, maybe? No, it was the song you picked. Oh, uh, Friends Girl, I'm in touch with your world. I'm in touch with your world. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> and then at the top of the show, we heard just what I needed. Oh, so Rob, <laughs> I'm going to laugh. At, I'm going to give you a little bit of a hard time for your song okay. picks this time. So sometimes when you submit your, your picks, um, they catch me by surprise, and uh-huh. I've kind of come to the determination that it really sort of just depends on the mood that you're in when you're making these decisions. So, like, sometimes <laughs> the picks will come in, I go, oh, there's goth boy making making the choices, and then sometimes it's, oh, Mr. Big Softy is making all these sentimental choices. Well, I'm adding a new persona to uh-huh. the... Uh, to Rob and his picks, and that's Captain Obvious. Yeah. I thought you were really Captain <laughs> Obvious in, <laughs> this time around. I mean, you pretty much, on a lot of these albums, you pretty much just chucked the um, deep cuts part of the show out the window. <laughs> well, you know, there. Uh, it seems to, now for for the debut album, it was difficult because. I pretty much, or, or, you know, the songs that I would pick have already been chosen, so I had to pick something, and that really just left one of the obvious choices for, for me. So <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. I mean, you, you know, you don't, you don't have to defend yourself. You yeah. have the right to pick whatever you want. I also have the right to tease you about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, if it were my choice, I would have picked uh, "Bye Bye Love," which has already been chosen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I just thought it was funny that you picked 
the number one all-time most yeah. popular car song. It is. You know, the number most one obvious. on Spotify. So, yeah. the most obvious car. So song we got to hear. It. It's a great song. I mean, it's mm. number one for a reason. That's for sure. Um, let's talk about what Rolling Stone thinks about this album. They think it's the 284th greatest album of all time. So we've already heard just what I needed. That was your pick this episode. My pick is Moving in Stereo. Before we move on to our next album, there was something I wanted to mention about my obvious choice of Just What I Needed. Apparently, that song was influenced by Velvet Underground, which I can't like, quite place it. Like in in uh, what sense? I mean, like R- a particular Rick song? Said, Rick Ocasek said that as you know, he was writing it that he was influenced by Velvet Underground, and he didn't actually say exactly how, so I can't. I can't place it. I'm not hearing that at all. And I'm, and I'm a fan of Velvet Underground. Yeah, so. yeah. So the big hits off of this album were um, Just What I Needed, My Best Friend's Girl, and Good Times Roll. Those actually got airplay at the time. I don't remember Just What I Needed, although that's the one that peaked the highest on the charts. Yeah. I just, I, I was... I was very, very young um, when it was on the radio. I just remember my best friend's girl and good times roll. Maybe just because they're a little bit more memorable as far as the lyrics. But in the, you know, over the years on classic rock radio, quite a few other songs like um, Bye Bye Love and... You're All I've Got Tonight. You're All I Got Tonight, Moving in Stereo. Those those all get semi-regular airplay to this day on classic rock radio. Yeah. 1979, The Cars released my favorite album of The Cars called Candio. The two hits off of this album were Let's Go and It's All I Can Do. And I'll just mention it before you get a chance to mention it. The cover art was done by pinup artist Alberto Vargas. Yeah. He's, of course, famous for the 40s and 50s pinup calendars and, and all that. He was, he was in retirement, yeah. but his granddaughter was a big fan of the cars. And so she talked him into coming out of retirement to do... Uh, that particular uh, artwork. Nice. So this is my favorite Cars album. And I like it. I mean, 
these first two albums I love. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, as much as I love the Cars, going back and listening to to all of these albums, I I feel like the Cars did two great albums, and then right. these were the first two, and then from from there on out, there's some of them are pretty good, and some of them are pretty goofy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> to to be generous, but um. But these first two albums are, you know, on a level all their own. But I kind of prefer Candio because it's a little bit more adventuresome and experimental in the the structure, and it's it's more new wavy. So I yeah, like that. Um, the the basically the first half or almost the first half of this album sounds really like a follow-up to the first album and then uh at the song candio which is the last song on side one and then all of side two really take off not not in a jarring way but they they take off in a in a much more kind of new wavy spiky sort of direction that i just i absolutely love yeah. and both of our choices are off side two of yeah. this album side, I, side two for me was was the best i mean it, yeah. it it's almost like the momentum is picking up by you know by the sixth song on the first out by the last song on the first yeah. side and uh and, and it's really in full force by the second well more realistically i would be willing to bet that it was the label who determined the the order and they because labels are my my observation is that labels are not terribly creative Mm. and so they just said the last album was a huge hit let's put the songs that sound most like the last album up front because that's really what it sounds sounds like to me Exactly. So let's listen to my pick first. Yeah. I picked You Can't Hold On Too Long. Now this is a this is a modest little song and I think that that works to its advantage. Um it is it's it's got this cool little vibe to it. I I love the chorus and the spikiness of it. It only it goes like verse chorus verse chorus ends it's a just a short little song but i i really dig the vibe of it you're surrounded by the latin boys they punch your style and they send for the bandanas and you try for a smile you'd like to come in colors you don't know which one you can't be too choosy I, I see what you're saying about that, um, how, you know, how it's, it's kind of, 
it's almost kind of quick and you know i want to say kind of fast and sweet just how it happens uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's got a good it's got a good vibe to it for sure and the vocals i, I really like yeah well I really like the vocals in this song I, I think it's a, a song that's easy to overlook when you're getting familiar with the album, mm-hmm. but then it grows on you. And for someone like me who has listened to this album literally hundreds of times, right. you know, the the real obvious sort of more in-your-face pop songs get a little old. Mm-hmm. And these are the little gems that kind of float to the top and, and, and keep keep me coming back to an album like this is for these songs. Yeah, for sure. So what song did you pick? I picked A Dangerous Type. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't recall the song. Like, it's not a song that I would pick off the top of my head. But listening to the album over again... Um, it came up. I really dig it. Apparently, um, it is. It was covered um, for by letters for letters to Cleo for the uh, uh, soundtrack for the movie The Craft, uh-huh. which, which I didn't recall, even though I've seen that movie probably fifty, sixty times. I actually had that soundtrack. It is. Yeah. A, have you listened to it? Oh, I have the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, oh yeah, yeah. I haven't played it in years. Yeah, it's a. It's a pretty bland version of the uh-huh. song. Uh-huh. Um, also, I the uh, the core guitar riffs for this song were apparently based off a T Rex uh, T Rex song. So, um, but but I kind of dug it, and it's like you said, um, it's one of those to me. It's one of those little gems that I, you know, that were kind of hidden. It, it wasn't to me the obvious song. Um, and then when I played it, I kind of just, I kind of just stuck onto it, you know? Mm-hmm. And this is the last song on the album. Yeah. And it's obvious why they picked it because it's got this great sort of long extended ending, yeah. which unfortunately we're not going to be able to hear right now, but if you can go to the the playlist and check it out. Okay, so let's uh, listen to Dangerous Type. A inside angel, always upset. Keeps on forgetting we ever met. Can I bring you out in the light? My curiosity's got me tonight. Yeah, I remember for several years when I was in high school, I, of course, didn't get this album when it came out because uh, I was right. I was too young to actually be buying albums. But when I did, I for a couple of years, I would, if anyone would ask, I would say this was my all-time favorite album. Nice. I just loved this album. Yeah, it's, it's, it's right up there. I mean, it's... 
it's definitely right up there for me. I think uh, the cars and Candy O were really tight and hard to choose, which I liked the best. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. All right, moving on from Candy O to Panorama. It was released in 1980. The hit single off of this was Touch and Go. This album did not do nearly as well as the first two albums. And uh, Ricky O, he would would say that, um, oh, it's because it was too stripped down. It's more aggressive and experimental sounding and people weren't just ready for it. There may be some truth into that, but but I'll say that I came to this album, you know, later on when I was really into the cars. And so I didn't I wasn't I didn't have that context. And um, I feel like I feel like the songs just really aren't there. I don't. Yeah. I mean, you you like this album, I think, better than I I did. Was, How'd you rank this? It was my number five. Oh no! So, I take that that back. Yeah. I actually like this a little bit better than you do. Okay. <laughs> um, I wasn't. A, I'm, I'm not crazy about yeah. it. But I mean, it's strange, is that so many people feel that this album is underrated as well. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I really like the sound of it. I just don't think that the songs are there. Right. Um, so I think our favorite song off of this album is the same, right? Okay. So you you pick Don't Tell Me No, which is my favorite song off of this album. Yeah. Um, this is, to me, the absolute standout. Was it I, was it released as a single? No, uh, it was. Yeah. Oh, it was. Um, it was. The singles were "Touch and Go," "Don't Tell Me No," um, "Give Me Some Slack." So, but yeah, it, it didn't chart. Um, and there are a bunch of people like you and I look, you know, listen to this album and we're like, eh, it's, it's not that great. But there are a bunch of people that say it's highly underrated. All Music's uh, critic Greg Prado said that this song was an album highlight and uh he said that uh, it is really strong just not as well known as the other songs so it didn't chart well um, i i agree with that i yeah, i just the I the the rest of the album just kind of leaves me a little cold yeah yeah um but i will say this about the album there's some grungy guitar in there uh, mm-hmm. a couple songs with some real grungy guitar that i kind of like 
overall I didn't care for the song. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, the sound of the album I, I I really like. But this song, Don't Tell Me No, is definitely a standout. Yeah, well this is like I said, this is my favorite song off of this album. Um the song I picked to listen to is a song called You Wear Those Eyes because I felt like, well, for two reasons. One, I felt like it was a really good example of when I look at uh, Riccio's description of this album being stripped down, kind of more bare and experimental sounding, I think that this song illustrates that quite well so you can really hear the difference between this and say living in stereo uh and also i picked it because you know rick okasic i love his voice okasic i just said okasic again okay back to riccio (laughs) (laughs) riccio i love his voice but he's not he's not a crooner you know, he, he doesn't have a lovely voice. And so for the most part, the, 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 the ballads that are supposed to be a little bit lovelier usually went to uh, a Benjamin Orr. But on this album, I think this is probably my favorite um, Rick Okasik vocal on a slow song. It's not... He's, it's not a lovely performance, but he, there's something about his performance. He's very in the moment and very earnest without being cheesy. And I, I, I just like the intimacy of his vocals. You do the pogo without the bounce. You got the name I can't pronounce. You fall in love You like a sting You make believe It's everything deny that dude looks cool (laughs) well i i love it in i can't remember which song but in one of the songs um he he refers to himself as ichabod crane and that's that sounds just just about right to me it is that's uh that's kind of all you need to know about about how how to spot him in a crowd tall and tall and awkward but with that hair and those sunglasses you know <laughs> so this is i guess as good a time as any as uh to to bring this point up i probably should have brought it up at the at the top of the show but it slipped my mind so as i was preparing for this episode and listening to a lot of cars i realized i have a double standard 
And uh-huh. so I'm going to call myself out on this. Okay, then. So I have a double standard when it comes to lyrics between punk bands and new wave bands because there have been several times where I've called out punk bands for their on their lyrics because it's all like stupid songs about girls, you know, and to me it's not really punk if it doesn't have a fair amount of like social and political uh, bent to the lyrics. Well, Ricky O, he doesn't have a political bone in his body, at least as far as you would ever tell from his lyrics. They are all like dumb songs about girls or, or at the very least, they're songs about a horny young guy, usually talking about a girl. Um, I just want to note that I acknowledge the fact I've got a double standard when it comes to lyrical content between punk bands and new wave bands, because I don't really have a problem with with uh, Rick Ocasek not really talking about anything other than how he wants to get with some girl. So. Well, that's big of you to admit, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a problem with that at all. <laughs> I think Appar- that's all right. Apparently, neither do I. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I mean, can, can you think of a single song that isn't basically about a girl? Well, uh, maybe one. So the, the but... only one, maybe it could be the same same one that I'm thinking of. Okay. Is it is it a song that we're going to hear later on? Um, it, you know, I think it is. Okay, so let's let's tackle it we'll, when when we we'll, tackle yeah. that song. Yeah, we'll we'll keep that quiet. <clears throat> but at the very least, I would say I can't think of a song that isn't obviously not about a girl. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the songs are a little ambiguous, but yeah. they all of them could could be about a girl. Okay, it's it's that that lyric writing of his. He's just so yeah. good. Yeah. Can we uh, can we move on to shake it up, or is um, there anything sure. else? Let's, okay. No, let's go. So so this is where you and I um, we're 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 gonna have some words about this album. I <laughs> we're think. gonna bump heads, huh? Yeah. So so this is my third favorite cars album and it's your least favorite uh it it is my least favorite um uh-huh. for for me most of the tracks just sounded canned you know they sounded mm. they sound it was too and i don't want to say they were too electronic because there's a lot of electronic sounds in the cars music especially in the 80s but this was uh it, it almost sounded like it was done on a super low budget and I, you know, I couldn't really get into it. To me, it was just, it was distracting the, the sound that I, there's a certain sound that I just didn't like and it, it really distracted me. Now there's some songs in here that I really love, um, but it's not enough to make the album, you know, on top, you know, put it up on top of my list. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, I think the Cars have two great albums, and this is not one of them. Yeah. But I I do like this album. I think it's an incredibly unambitious, modest affair. There you go. Um, okay. 
but I really like the vibe of it. It's very consistent all the way through, maybe a little too consistent. You know, maybe some of the songs sound kind of samey, but but I just like this world that they, it doesn't sound like any other Cars album. It's not jarringly different, but True. but True. It, it's it's got a vibe all of its own. And the Cars were pretty good about that. Pretty good about not repeating themselves from album to album as, yeah. as far as the sound goes. So last episode, I misspoke. As, as I was listening to Shake It Up, I realized that there was no way that the Cars' first album was the first new wave album that I ever owned because the first Cars album I owned was Shake It Up. So uh, this this album was the first time I was aware of the Cars as the Cars. I was familiar with songs of theirs. I just didn't identify them as the Cars. But Shake It Up, um, the single, was the first Cars song to hit the top 10 here in the United States. Um, the two big hits were Shake It Up and Since You're Gone. And I own this album. Actually, I think technically my sister owned it, but this was the first Cars album that that we had growing up listening to. And so maybe that's why I um, kind of take a shine to it, just because I have so many childhood memories with this album. So what song did you pick off of this album? Uh, I I chose I'm Not the One. And I picked it. I I will say that it's not my favorite song on the album. I think Shake It Up is probably my favorite, but it's obvious choice. It's the one I grew up with, that song. Um, And Victim of Love I also really like. Fifty sounding guitar, but uh, I'm not the one. Is a song that kind of, kind of jumped out at me this next time. This like last time I listened to it. This next time around, when I'm listening to this album, for some reason that one just kind of stuck its foot out and tripped me. So. I'm not the one that you'll be shooting for. I'm not the one who's coming back for more. Been through this too many times. It's never clear what's happened to mine. Like you, I two of my favorite songs off of this album were the, were the two big hits, Shake It Up and Since You're Gone. Um, the song that I picked to feature today is a song called This Could Be Love. I'm frankly surprised that you didn't pick this song because this is probably the most ominous the cars ever sound, I think. They, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, as I've been listening to this 
playlist over the last week, I've just been marveling at how... So this is, let's see, this album came out in 1981. And this song in particular is primarily like electronics and keyboards. I mean, there, there are some guitar and some bass, but it's all pr highly processed and all of that. And for them to, to, to have a song that is mostly keyboards and keyboard driven, that still, still sound really ominous and sounds ominous, even though it's called This Could Be Love. Of course, Rick Ocasek is, is he is being very cynical in this song. Um, and it has, lyrically, it has a real darkness to it. Yeah. And the, the, the music absolutely matches it. So I just, I love the, the dark, ominous feel to this song. Oh yeah, I got time. Oh yeah. I guess I'm doing fine Till I met you in the dark I was chasing little sparks You were snaked and dressed in pink You were someone you wouldn't think Is this the kill? Is this the thrill? This could be love This could be love Oh yeah I got Oh Oh yeah So it should be noted that all of the Cars albums up through Shake It Up were produced by Roy Thomas Baker who initially got famous uh, producing the Queen albums. Right. So he was he was the, the mastermind behind the magic of the cars all the way up through Shake It Up. And I don't believe that he produces any moving forward. Yeah, yeah none others. 1984, the cars release Heartbeat City. This is the monster that eats Toledo. Oh my gosh, <laughs> the monster that eats pop. Ah. Well, this this was a very popular album. Yeah, this album ruled summer of 1984. Um, I am I'm about to bag on this album a lot, and before I do that, I just want to say I bought this album as soon as it came out, and I loved it, and I played it to death yeah. in the summer of 1984. Um, and so it ruled not only m me and my sister's summer, but also just the summer in general. I mean, you couldn't turn on the radio without hearing a song off of this album. Um, and I think it was just, I think I got traumatized by this album. <laughs> Yeah, too much exposure. But when I went back and listened to it, I could not listen to the full album in one sitting. I had to like halfway through a lot of the songs, I, I had to go, okay, I got it. I can't listen to any more of this and, and go on. I mean, this 
this just this was a monster um the big hits were you might think magic drive hello again and why can't i have you let's not forget about heartbeat city yeah, that did get a little uh, airplay, yeah. but um, I don't think it was actually released as a single, was it? I thought so, but I okay, could maybe. Um, other mildly interesting notes: the music video for "Hello Again" was directed by Andy Warhol. It was, and had Gina Gershon in it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it was this album was huge in the U.S. Canada and New Zealand. Um, okay, let's l- listen to your pick, Captain Obvious, Obvious and then yes, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit more about why I dislike this album so much. Okay. So, what did you pick? I chose Hello Again. Oh, you passed on mercy. This is where the cars go over the top. I mean, they've always been a, a fairly bombastic band, but they and and maybe maybe it was um, Roy Thomas Baker as the producer that reined them in mm-hmm. for because although the earlier stuff was, I mean, they've never been like a shrinking violet subtle sort of a band but it was also you know even though it may have been a lot of their music was bombastic it was tastefully so here i think they get even more bombastic and taste just goes out the window i mean they discover power chords and the cars will never be the same so so if I can maybe shine a little These light on These damn power chords. <laughs> if, if I can maybe shine a little bit of light on that, I think it had to do with their new producer, um, Mutt Lang, Robert Mutt Lang, who uh, mm-hmm. he was a producer. He, he actually was really into producing this album. And so he told Def Leppard that he couldn't produce Hysteria for them because he was doing Heartbeat City. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, Def Leppard, of course, is... You know, that's that's one of those bands. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that's kind of where it came from. It would also well, be the the last album that Mutt Lang produced for the for the Cars. So. Yeah, well, this is by far the Cars' most commercially successful album. I mean, none of the other albums come even close to it. I'm talking about initial release. Of you course. know, I, I'm yeah. I'm talking about initial sales and and hitting the charts and all of that here in the u.s none of the other albums come even remotely close to this album now yes it's true that they have a new producer and that producer's background is more with you know hair metal bands and and who's worked with def leppard and and all of that but 
you know, the band that I kept thinking of as I was listening to this album that 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 I just kept, you know, just kept popping up into my mind like this really is is reminding me of Lover Boy. Oh my God! <laughs> There's some real Lover Boy energy. There's some and, Lover Boy vibe. And going you know. On here. When, when I was in middle school, I didn't know any better, and I loved Loverboy. So I'm not like, there's a part of me that loves that sort of big, dumb power chord thing. Yeah. But um, I don't really respect it. So I, I've heard of people who loved Loverboy. <laughs> yeah. We, I, I didn't realize I actually knew one, but that's, that's interesting. <laughs> hey, hey, we were all... 13 year old boys at one yeah, point you're right you know if, if you had been a 13 year old boy when lover boy was big yeah. you would have loved lover boy yeah. too you may be right so the song that i picked usually when we pick a song it's one of our favorites i want to make it clear this is not <laughs> i'm not saying this this is my favorite song on the album disavow now <laughs> yeah um but I, I wanted to play this song because it just makes me giggle because what this song is, it's like if 1982's Depeche Mode hooked up with 1982's Loverboy and had a baby, it would be this song. <laughs> standard 1980s rock sound okay that is so so were you kind of wondering when you saw that i put this on the playlist it, like it, what <laughs> there was a question mark there was a question mark um but the truth of it is is i'm, I'm used to you know i'm used to to not always understanding why you pick something until it's explained yeah um <laughs> so <clears throat> So there's one more point I want to bring up about this album, about why I have sort of negative, strong negative feelings about this album. And that is that I feel like this album was another nail, like a significant nail in the coffin of New Wave because it was so big that it really moving forward it really influenced a lot of the new wave artists 
And so New Wave kind of like just went over the top. Now, I'm not blaming it entirely on this album. You know, this album is just a fraction, just a part of it. I have some real strong thoughts on on what killed off New Wave and we'll tackle that at some point. But this is one of the signposts for like New Wave is, it is, you know, it's spiraling downward from from here on out because this this album was just so successful that it just kind of sucked all of the oxygen oxygen out of the new wave movement. Yeah, well, it's interesting, huh? You know, um, before we move on, I was doing some research on this on this album, um, and I think everybody likes the song "Drive," isn't it? It's safe to say, right? I mean, it seems to me that it's a, a song that's hugely popular and and it, gets, it still gets tons of play, um, but there was a, a a critic that he was talking about how Timothy Hutton directed the uh, the Drive video, mm. and and he introduced Paulina Poroskova to Rick Ocasek because she was in the video. Uh, he brought her to be in the video, um, and he went off on how this is basically the beginning of the end for the cars and he goes on to blame Polina Poroskova as as though she were the one <laughs> that was like crumbling the band although Yo go oh no Yeah exactly <laughs> Wow so so she's the new wave Yoko Ono yeah, apparently according to this this critic <laughs> but he had no reason to think that it was her fault just that she came along and now the band seems to be going downhill yeah. for him No no it was uh, I, I say this with a fair amount of, of confidence that it was the success of this album that, yeah. that killed off the cars for, yeah. for a long time. Um, just, you know, it's, it was, it was too big. It was, you know, there, there was nowhere but down to go from well, here. I tell you what, man, if, Ricky O and Paulina, Paulina Peer are, you know, they were happy and married for like 30 something years. So yeah. I think that that's, that's okay. Yeah. And for, for everything that I dislike about this album, I got to say, I can't fault them for doing it. I mean, they were right. right. This was, this was just a monster successful album. So, Pretty you know, set them up. kudos to them for, for, you know, becoming king of the hill but it's not an album i go back to good job good job muttling 1987 sees the release of door to door um there were two mildly successful singles off of this album you are the girl <laughs> which actually did pretty well yeah and then strap me in which is one of the worst car songs ever. I, I hate this song with a passion. I do <laughs> not understand who thought it, w it would be a good single. It didn't do very well. Um, but this whole album, this whole album is, is, is a pretty motley affair. Um, I am shocked that that it is not your least favorite album it's well it's right up there it it's really close to being my least favorite album uh you know i can only pick one least favorite album <laughs> and 
So this one was was pretty close. Yeah. Well, th this album is a, is is fairly typical sort of album. You know, as a band is falling apart, you know, coming off of a super successful album that the band can't possibly match and things are just spiraling out of control. I mean, this is like, this is the Cars equivalent of The Hunter by Blondie. Right. There are two things that I point to as far as why this album is so dismal, in my opinion. One is that they really learned the wrong lessons from the last album because it's just power chords, power chords, power chords right. through this whole damn album. It's just big, dumb power chords um, and not thoughtfully or artfully done. They're just big and dumb. Um, just sort of the default go-to move at this it, point. It was also... Just drives it, me nuts. Yeah, it was also produced by by the cars themselves, Rick Ocasek and Greg Hawks yeah. produced this album. So I'm wondering yeah. if maybe they, they said, look, what Mutt Lang taught us, we can do without him. Let's do it. And <clears throat> that didn't quite work. It's the yeah. lowest, low, I think it's the lowest charting studio album, you know, of theirs period. So. Yeah. Well, you and I picked the exact same song and, uh -huh. um, it is, it's not a great song, right. but it's, it's a, a uh, somewhat decent song. Now, now my other complaint about this album is the Cars have always been a great example of the whole being larger than the sum of the parts, okay. right? Um, and if you ever dive into the solo albums, uh -huh. this will become very, very clear okay. um, that it is the cars, their strength come as a unit. Um, and I wonder, cause I know that the, the, the band was disintegrating at this point. And as I was listening to it this time around, I was just sort of assuming because everything feels so lifeless. Uh, what I was thinking was, I wonder if they just didn't spend much time together in the studio. Because yeah, it really yeah. kind of has a feeling of, you know, Riccio comes in, lays down a click track, lays down some chords, does his vocals. And then Benjamin Orr comes in and, you know, puts down his bass. And so they all come in and do, overdub their stuff independently. Now, I have, since then, I've seen, I've read some stuff and I came across a quote about a song in particular where uh, Rick Ocasek says about the song, oh, we were working in the studio and we liked the way that it felt, so we recorded it. So I know for a fact that, you know, at least for that one song, they were in the in the studio together. But regardless, that's what it kind of feels like. Right. Everything, no matter how fast the tempo is, everything feels a little sluggish and and and, yeah. and lifeless. And that's and that's this, what I meant earlier when I said that it sounded yeah. canned. This album yeah. is one of those. Yeah. Yeah, and so this song, Door to Door 
is a great example of that, although this is a little bit more lively than most of the other songs. The tempo is so fast in this, but it still doesn't have too much of a groove. I mean, you don't listen <laughs> to this song and, and like catch your butt, you know, shaking or anything. No. All I say is well and starts. Yeah, plastic mouth melts in the sun. Running colors, everyone. Cause we're all in groups and having fun. Oh, perfect pictures hang around. We'll do some swinging up and down. Well, foreign windows, climb up trees. I'm looking for tranquility. time I hear this song you're, you're right about that it, it you don't it doesn't it's not a catchy tune that sticks in your head and it's funny because every time I think of door to door for some reason you are the girl pops into my head and that's the one that gets stuck in there <laughs> I don't know why but I did I did like some areas of guitar with uh, door to door and again this is this is not really what I'm supposed to like about the cars you know, this is it's it's not the the grungy guitar. It's um, that's not the that's not the reason I like the cars. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's that's the reason I chose the song. So the cars break up, um, and uh, our buddy Riccio swears that they'll never get back together again. He and did. He swore indeed, it. Indeed, they went a long time. I mean, uh, Rico Kasich had a a very successful career as a producer and he he was all of the band members except for the drummer released at least one solo album um some of them before the cars break up and then some of them afterwards um riccio he has um, kind of a spotty career as a solo artist, but he had one pretty big hit here in the United States called Emotions in Motion, which is right. really the dullest of dull. Um, <laughs> but there were enough people that liked it. It's super mellow. All of his his solo stuff is very, very keyboard-oriented and and pretty slow and underwhelming. And I don't want to spend much time on this, but we have to at least acknowledge the new cars. Yeah. So in, uh, it, it, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. I, I, uh, my, my wife and I were talking about this this new cars uh, band. This is like reincarnation or incarnation of the cars. She said, you know, they they should have been called the used cars. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's talk about them. <laughs> well, okay, so. Um, it was the guitarist and the keyboardist, so Elliot Easton and Greg Hawks. They get um, Todd Rudgren, 
right. who who I'm really not that familiar with. I I know the name, but I I couldn't name a, a single song. Todd Rundgren is is a is a musician and a songwriter, but he's also a producer. Um, they they released one album which was just covers. I mean. This is basically a covers band. Yeah. It just happened to have a couple of members of the Cars in it. Um, this is an, an abomination. Um, I I dislike the new Cars so much, not just on principle, but actually listening to their stuff. They I think they had two original songs that were like big old nothing burgers. Yeah. Well, that that was it. They played they played some old cars they played some old todd rundgren and then they played some new stuff that really wasn't good um, yeah you yep. know I, todd rundgren was asked how his time with the new cars was you know how he felt it was and he said that uh that it was bittersweet that they had put they put a lot of effort into everything they did and in the end they got back nothing but uh, aggravation yep part of that coming from me <laughs> exactly because they sure aggravated me when i was yeah. listening to it and i and i don't want to bag on todd runger at all i think he's you know he's a successful yeah. person and he's done a lot of really cool stuff but yep. uh the truth truth of it is is uh when it came around and i was exposed to the new cars i refused to listen to it because to me they were not the cars <laughs> you yeah. know i was just putting my foot down 2011 the cars get back together and release their uh, seventh and final album called Move Like Lit This Now. Unfortunately, Benjamin Orr had passed away. Right. Um, so it is all of the original members without Orr. Mm-hmm. And they just split up the bass duties between them. Um, yeah. they, they didn't want to replace him. <clears throat> yeah. Really what yeah. It was. And this was the only album um, not released on Elektra. They, they were one of those few bands that stayed with the same label um, pretty much their entire career up until uh, they reformed. This album is not a great album, but it's much better than it has any right to be. I am solid supporter of this album. Yeah, me too. Me too. You know, I um, I heard this album and and to me it felt like classic Cars. You know, it it kind of felt like their older stuff, their earlier stuff. Well, yeah, but but the cool thing is, it also felt timely. You know, mm-hmm. they yeah. there there's, it didn't feel like it was stuck back in time. Right. You know, it, it's it's well, it's got, el the elements that we love about the the old car stuff. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like it's stuck in the past. Right. Well, it sounded, I mean, about this that. is 2011. Yeah, so of right. course a lot of time has, has passed on since then, but, um, it sounded pretty credible for a, an album released in 2011. We've talked about how the, the great cars albums still hold up. Like they are, mm-hmm. they still sound like you can play them today and they're great. I mean, yeah, they, they don't sound dated, and this is definitely one of those that doesn't sound dated. Yeah. Um, I watched I watched them play live on television on some program, and uh, 
I remember getting excited because I didn't even know they they had a new album coming out. Yeah. And here they are playing, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" I just I couldn't handle it, and I yeah. was crossing yeah. my fingers, hoping that this was going to be the return of one of my favorite bands. You know? Yeah, yeah, and it kind of was. Yeah. Um, so it's very clear to me. I mean, we're talking about very subjective uh, terms here, but um, for me, it's pretty clear what works and what doesn't. And I think that um, Benjamin Orr's absence is really noticed in the slow stuff. Yeah. So the slow stuff is not working for me at all and really sort of illustrates why he took the, the vocal duties for most of the slower stuff songs done by the cars because because rick okasik he just he's he you know it's just they feel lifeless to me Uh, okasik he 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 admitted that uh you know he basically said um i know that i couldn't have done justice to this song yeah you know (laughs) but we don't have him and we didn't want to bring in somebody new to take his place yeah well, well, the highlights are the most upbeat, um, you know, harder, faster, aggressive mm, songs. Right. So Captain Obvious here picked the um, <laughs> the most successful song off of this album. You can't really call it a hit because it was 2011. It was the Cars, but yeah, it did yeah. it it did chart. You know, here in the U.S., kind of lower on the charts. It got a little bit of airplay. It was their first single, their first video. That's the one that, you know, because there were, as the album came out, there was, it got a lot of attention from news media outlets. And so they all zeroed in on this song called Sad Song. Too many screamers wearing a mask. song to me is again goes back to that that early cars sound um there are a couple others i think blue tip i really enjoyed a lot and uh, take another look to me also had kind of that that 80s car sound mm-hmm. cars sound but um yeah i chose the obvious i chose the one single that they had yep. <laughs> well blue tip is my favorite nice you believe in anything they tell you how to think a simpleton's a circle in the raging roller rink A trading in the alley, we're booking up a storm Forget about reality, cause nothing is
Affix said uh, that you know he was he was saying never they'd never get back together and you can count on that and of course they did and I'm sure that it was kind of this endearing thing like I'm sure that they got back together and were like wow this is great I'm, you know um, I really wish that they had continued on past this of course mm-hmm. um, and, you know and then of course in 2019 Rick Ocasek passed away which was you know pretty heartbreaking yeah um, yeah but uh, yeah, they're an, they're an amazing band, one of my favorites, and maybe even better than Number Ten. All right. Well, I think that wraps up um, our deep dive of the Cars. I think we have just enough time to to circle back real quick to our last episode. Um, so, are you ready to just? Uh, and we don't have a lot of time, so let's just do this as as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, just talk about whether or not we think that these albums that were released in April, May of 1978, if there's a real chance they might make it, uh, if they are contenders for um, our community's top 10 albums of 1978. <clears throat> you ready? Right. Yeah. Okay, Slaughter and the Dogs debut Do It Dog Style. I'm going to say probably not so much. I agree. Japan's debut album, Adolescent Sex. Well, I know you love this album so much. Um, oh, come on. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think so. No, I don't, I don't think so either. The Cars, I think we can both agree that, yes, it's probably yes, so. probably going to make an appearance. Likely. Television's second album, Adventure, probably not, right? No, no not really. The Stranglers, Black and White, um, my sense is if neither of the Stranglers' first two albums made it for last year, that they this probably isn't going to make it for this I'm, year. But I'm going to agree with you on that, even though I like this album a lot more than I did when yeah. when I first it, heard it. I, I, I think there's a chance it might make my personal top ten mm-hmm. of 78. Right. The Only Ones... I I've got my fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, me too. <laughs> I I think that you know uh, for the listeners out there, if you make your top ten list and you haven't at least gone and checked out the only ones, um, that might be a mistake. Their this debut a... album, the only ones, I I think is is something that you you have to put into the mix. It was a big surprise for both of us, and I yeah I. I'm really looking at putting them on my list or at least, you know, dipping in a little bit more. Yeah. The Vibrators, uh, second album, V2, I can't imagine. No, not so much. And then The Saints are eternally yours. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, Do you think it's going to make your personal top ten? Um... I know. I don't know. Because you like it better than their yeah. first album, and their first album was number four for you. This is, so this is true. Um, at this point, I kind of want to say yes, but there's still a lot of music to go. Yeah, I mean, there's we, we, there's a lot of great music coming up. Yeah. Okay, so remember that every song that we've heard today is on our playlist. 
So click the link uh, in the show notes to go and listen to the entire song. Um, And then at the end of that playlist will be every single song that we've referenced as far as the hits. We probably won't put on specific songs that I've referenced because I dislike them so much. Nothing by Loverboy. Yeah. um, Rob, how can... uh, how can people get a hold of us? Check us out on Instagram, Deep Dyes, Deep Cut, and Deep Cuts uh, on Instagram. You can check us out also on Facebook. We're there. Or you can send us an email at uh, deepdyes.deepcuts at gmail.com. Also, we're on Twitter at Deep Dyes and Deep Cuts. As I mentioned it at the top of the show, uh, we are taking um, next month off that is our spring break and that doesn't mean that we won't release anything we're gonna release at least one episode probably more like the middle of the month we've got a real cool one um we're cooking up something pretty neat i don't want to spoil the surprise it's gonna be very different than anything we've done before but i'm i'm really excited i am i am too i'm looking forward to it yeah yeah so let's go out on one of the car's most famous songs of course that is drive now drive is a very well-written song it deserves to have been a a really big hit but but i feel like their execution sounds a little dated is a little cheesy for me so I have picked a cover by um, an artist that I listen to now, you know, a contemporary artist that I was pleased to see did a cover of The Cars Drive. That's um, Soccer Mommy. <laughs> so we will talk to you next month. Uh, keep your eyes peeled for that bonus episode. Rob, you have a good month off. Catch up on your sleep. You too. (laughs) And um, we will talk to you soon, everybody. All right. See ya.